Hello, everyone. Welcome to C-Suite Talks. I'm Diane Gubin, co-CEO of C-Suite. We speak with industry leaders, introducing you to some of the most interesting people and businesses today. We are focused on women, money, and power, as well as diversity in all areas. Welcome to C-Suite Talks. Again, I'm Diane Gubin, and... And I'm Beth Hilbing, co-CEO of C-Suite. And today, we're so privileged to have one of our members, a fabulous executive, Mimi Donaldson, with us. And Mimi is recognized in the TEDx Talk Preparation Expert. She's a TED Talk speaker and coach. She's a keynote speaker, prep coach, pitch coach, and a marketing speech coach, and has amazing, amazing career behind her. So welcome, Mimi, to C-Suite Talks. Thank you, ladies. I am thrilled to be here. Mimi, tell us a little bit about your career and some of the highlights you've had on the journey to where you are today. Thank you. Uh, On paper, it looks like I've had lots of jobs, but there's actually a through line. And the through line is that I am an educator in the literal sense of it. And something that changed my life, and I hope it'll contribute to yours, listeners, is that the true definition of an educator is from the word educate, which the Latin root is educare, which means, drumroll, to draw out. So people think that teaching is putting in and you're the expert and you're going to put in info, but a true educator knows that everyone has everything inside they need, all knowledge, and what our job is, is to draw it out. That is beautiful. (laughs) No wonder everyone loves you, Mimi. (laughs) Well, I tell people this because when the audience or the or your one-to-one listener is smiling and nodding, like Diana's right now, it's not that she's saying, I agree with everything you're saying. She's saying, I know. I know that. I got it. Yep, I got it. And that's what you want when you speak to one person or 5,000. Tell us about your journey or your career a little bit more. Yeah, so that's how I started is that I wanted to be the Broadway star. That was my first thing. But after, I didn't want to go to just a drama degree. I'm I'm very broad on that. So after the drama degree, I went to Columbia Teachers College and got my master's in teaching because I really loved being on stage, but teaching something, not just being someone else. So it led into human resources because I didn't like, teaching kids as much as I like teaching adults. So I was a stand-up trainer at uh, Walt Disney in Burbank uh, and then Northrop Aircraft and Rockwell International at the Space Division. And I drew out good management behavior. And then somebody said one day at the management training, oh, Mimi, you're so funny. You should do a keynote. And I said, what's a keynote? And they said, it's 40 minutes of your funny, pithy stuff. And I said, oh. So when I started my own business, it was a combination of training, four-hour modules in management skills, but also keynoting, which had people laughing and rolling in the aisles. And so from there, when you get a little older, you don't sort of don't want to jump on planes anymore. And I was coaching my women friends for free on their speeches that they had to do to expand their business. And one woman said to me the seven words that changed my life. After we wrote her award acceptance speech, she said, Mimi, I would have paid you for this. There you go. And I went, what? 
So I just, I had never, she said, oh, Mimi, you believe the girl stuff. No, no, no. All money is, is the value. It's an indication of value in the world. And you have just given me value. And I said, oh, I couldn't charge my friends. She said, yes, you can. (laughs) Now, it took me a little while to start charging. And then the story has a great ending because she's still a woman business owner. She sold her business for Yes. And then she has to do award acceptance speeches now because she's such a successful entrepreneur who sold her business. She comes back to me 13 years later and says, okay, I'm ready for my TEDx talk. And I said, well, Janet, you know, I'm going to have to charge you now because of what you said. (laughs) (laughs) I know. She said, I know you've been telling that story to women entrepreneurs because she and I are still in the women business owner circles. So that's my story. Now my whole sparkly eyes come from getting, drawing out the words. It's still educating, but drawing out your words for your marketing speech, your keynote, or your TEDx. Great. When Beth and I get our book published, you're going to train us (laughs) for our TEDx. Yeah, because then you'll need a book speech. So why do you feel it's so important for people to promote themselves or grow into it in business? Oh, yeah, especially with social media. Everybody is just, you know, hi, let me ping you, ping you, ping you. It's because speaking does what websites and brochures can't even do. And live speaking and Zoom speaking used to be easy to get free speeches. Now it's not because everybody knows the value. The two things you're going to get is that number one, you're going to get trust from the listener because you're in front of a group. Someone trusted you to be on in front of the group. So mm-hmm. it's instant credibility, like a book. And the second thing that a book can't do, but that's why you need a book speech, is the sparkly eyes. You can be excited about your business. And one of the things I tell people is no one's going to be more excited about your business than you are. So you have to find the words about your book or your business that excite you so that you can excite your listener. And those two things, you cannot do that anywhere but on the Zoom or in person. Wow. So Mimi, so many people are afraid of public speaking. Honestly, it's like, wouldn't people rather die than public speak or something like that, right? (laughs) Yes, it's number one fear. Death is number five. Yeah, Seinfeld joked about that. But it's true. I used to start my speeches that way. But here's the four words that I told this amazing woman who had a 501c3, beautiful, one of my first TEDx talker clients. And she said, oh, Mimi, I hate talking about myself. And I'm so nervous when I have to talk to other people. And here are the four words that she said changed her mind about that. And I said, it's not about you. Mm. And she went, what? I said, if you were delivering your speech into a mirror, you could be justifiably nervous. Oh, my hair, my eye. uh, uh." But you're not delivering into a mirror. It's this speech is not about you. It's about them. She said, oh, can I use examples that aren't me? I said, absolutely. You can talk about the success stories of this wonderful charity and this wonderful program. Oh, she was so relieved. And then I realized that that's how to tell people about nervousness. 
It's not about you. If you are focused on having the listener get your message, you're involved in them and what's going to get them to get it. So I have a question for you. Now with all the social media out there and everything that that the emerging leaders and the young workforce is dealing with, how do you take how they're so used to very casual you know, talking and all the platforms and everything. And and how do you change them so that they are keynote ready? So that they're what? Keynote ready. Well, you get, you get practice now because there's reels and there's always, you have to be casual and notice I'm talking right into the white light, even though you guys are down there because that's the camera. And I always say that you speak in the right order. And this is the most important part because it's not about you, those famous four words. (laughs) What's it about? Oh, it's about answering the questions in the listener's mind as they come up, which is how we write every speech for you, whether it's your marketing speech, your book speech, your TEDx. It's what are the listeners doing first? And this is the image I love, which you can get. Um, Because you'll never forget it. Here's the listener. Let's say it's the most unwilling listener ever. Or it might be a listener like this. But what's in both of their heads? What is the thought? What do they want to know first? Well, picture a thought bubble like in a cartoon. And in the thought bubble, it says, why should I listen to you? What's in it for me? That's what they're asking Oh, that's scary. That's why your first two or three sentences has to be about their need, their problem, their situation that you have an answer to. And that's why they should listen. Oh, my gosh. Beth, have we messed that up at all? (laughs) That's why my famous uh, another four words lead with their need. Now, here's where the research comes in. What do people get out of working with you? That's what you lead with. I have a thing about speakers who get up in front of a room and say, let me tell you my story. And the audience says, uh, I could care less. (laughs) I don't care about you yet. Not yet. Okay. There's a place to tell the story when they ask, what's your story? But that's not what's in their mind first. First, you got to say, I got you. And then they answer back. I got that. You got. That's what's speaking. That's why it's different from an article. And it's not an article you read out loud. That's another Mimi phrase. We speak in dashes. And so when we write a speech with somebody, when we write there, I draw it out of them. We write it in dashes and phrases and not big, long sentences with big words. Some of your book that you're writing will be great to read, but it won't be speaky. It won't be speech-worthy. There'll be mountaintops in the book that are speech-worthy, that people go, wow, okay, you got me. And then we'll pick those out. Oh, that's good. So you're talking about the order of writing. Can you expand on that when you deliver your speech? What's the right order? And why does it matter? You answer, lead with the need. And the purpose is, it's not about you. Remember, it's not about you. Purpose is to get your listener to go like this. Hmm. Oh, she seems worth listening to. Okay, they lean forward. And then the next thought bubble in their head says, so what you got? What's your solution? 
You got, you know where I'm at. Like right now, the TEDx talkers are talking about the workplace that's hybrid. Right. And it's driving some people crazy because it's not like it used to be, but it's not like it's going to be. And so that's situation. And the audience goes, yeah, yeah. Well, then they want to know your solution. And it's probably in the homepage of your website because it's the mission statement. It's like what you do. But don't lead with it because people want to know if you know them first. So I got you. I got that you got me. I got that you got that I got you. That's a speech. And so the third, there's an order. So after they go, okay, you got my need. You, you, you presented a solution. But who are you? Like, why are you the one? There's a bunch of people that you do what you do. That's when you bring out your credibility. And in a nice way, that's different from the introduction. You could even do a success story there of a client or something. And then the rest is content. And then eventually the question mark in their head says, okay, you've given me valuable takeaways, but what's your why? Like what's behind your thing? Are you just doing this for the money? And then you tell them your why story, which I think should be 60 to 90 seconds tops. Well, okay. That's very good advice. That's very good advice. That is good good advice. Then it leads into the call to action, which is what you want them to do. And lots of us leave out call to action because we think, oh, people will just be drawn to us. Law of attraction. No, you have to actually... <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really bad about that. You have to tell people what to do. It's like a computer. People are like computers. You feed the instruction in. Okay. Because at the end of a great speech, people go, how do I get more of you? And that's what you have to tell them. Oh, so you coach on many different levels. You you coach on marketing, pitches, keynotes, etc. Yeah. And is it primarily um, people in their careers or do you deal with entrepreneurs as well? Yeah. I mean, are, is everyone a professional speaker or wanting to be that you coach? No, no. In fact, I really discourage that. Oh, please don't become a professional speaker. The, the, no, please. That's a, not a life the thing you want to do is the people in corporate, they're asked to be on panels. The last woman I worked with had to do a 20-minute intro to moderate a panel. That's a speech. Right. You have to know what you're going to say. You have to prepare it. You can't wing it. My whole theory is never wing it. Don't wing it. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then my, my other sentence, well, no, my sentence is people say, but I come from my heart. And I, when I, even when before I take them as a client, I go, "Do you can you see the possibility that you can come from your heart and still prepare the speech?" And if they say yes, they can be my client. If they say no, they have to wing it to be really sincere. I say you're not. Uh, no, it's fine. Spend your money somewhere else. It's fine. But yeah, you have, professionals are have to speak at conferences from corporations to represent because you're successful or you have a, a wonderful way of managing people and they ask you to speak. With entrepreneurs, you have to speak to grow your business because you want people at the end of it to say the magic five words, I think I need her. And then they call you up for your, the 30-minute free call or whatever the next process 
step in your process. Well, very, very powerful. So everybody seems to want a TED Talk today, but honestly, it's kind of this nebulous a TED Talk. And you coach TED Talk speakers. So first of all, what does it take to even get a TED Talk, let alone be coached for one? Well, I do this every day. And I ha- I only have two or three clients at a time because I immerse in them. Part of my program is I help them with the submissions. But first, you have to have a talk. You used to be able... In 15 years ago, when it, before TEDx came in, you used to be able to, you know, say what you're going to talk about, a little outline, you know, fine. And then you had to video the whole thing and send it to them. Every month, everybody changes their submission process, which is a little hair-raising. But every community in college and town has a TEDx, and it's a community TED. The only way you get on Big TED is in Stockholm, London, and New York, and they usually take the stars of the TEDx, a TEDx that has gone viral. But TEDx, you can get on. First, you need a great speech. Then you need to ask the submission guidelines, and they, they're beginning to universalize, if that's a word, the application. They're beginning to. It used to be that every little TEDx had a different application process. Well, what, what, makes, what makes a great speech for a TEDx that I want to say almost hasn't been done yet, right? Okay. Here's what I tell people. Your TEDx is a combination of your dues paying activity that answers a need that people have right now. That's what TED is all about. And the three categories of need are number one, how to make lots of money. That's people like Bill Gates talk about that. Number two, health and wellness. That's the second category. And that's usually now it's so picky that now you have to have an MD or one of my clients was given like eight months to live and she's now on her 15th year. How did she do that? Okay. So you can do that kind of story. And the third category is real amorphous, (laughs) which is communication, which is how do you get people to do what you want them to do without killing them? So it's things like leadership, relationships, communication skills. It's all that that doesn't, but that's where most of the categories come in. But you you don't have to be the expert, but you have to be an expert. You have to have a unique take on the subject, but that's from your dues paying activity. So my unique take on my subject, how to speak in front of people to get results is that I've had 30 years of keynoting. Audience biggest one was 17,000 people. Yes, celebrities I've spoken with. So that's my claim to fame and that's my dues paying activity so I can really help people present in front of groups. So dues paying activity, helping a need right now and my need would be communication. That would be the category. Okay. Oh, that's very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. So circling back, all right, so... We had started talking. Do you when when someone introduces you? I'm about to give a speech. Do I need someone to introduce me, or should I just go introduce myself? Especially on Zooms, you know, what is the best thing? Especially for me and Beth, who feature so many, I want to say, people in the community to speak. Yeah, what's the, what's the best thing for us to do f- to make it easier for our speaker? Well, demand that they give you an introduction that's written out, double space. And the reason that you have an introduction written out is that the introducer, number one, gives credibility because it's somebody 
in the actual organization that asked you to speak. But number and number two, they can do your first call to action. So at the end of the introduction, they can say, you can contact Mimi at, you know, her website. And, da, da, da. and number three, they do the boring bits. You don't want to get up there in a speech and say, I've had a long history of speaking. And the reason is that I worked at da, da, da. You don't want to do the boring bits. Let them do where you got your master's or PhD. Let them say that you've written three books. Let them say that, let them do that. So that when you get up there, you look out and you lead with the need of the audience. You don't have to tell about yourself. Well, that's great. That's brilliant. So that's the, and I have an introduction template that I work with my clients. There's a certain order to how the audience wants to hear an introduction. For instance, you lead with your most famous thing. So when I was speaking, my introduction, now I don't have to have an introduction because I'm not speaking, but Mimi Donaldson excites, educates, and entertains audiences all over the world. She frequently shares the stage with prominent keynote speakers such as, and then I would name the three that were current. Mimi, go through how you would, what are the top things? So, because what, what we get a lot is we get these bios, right? And we, we try to draw out what we need. Oh gosh, a bio is completely different. A bio is like, uh, it's boring. It's boring to read and you don't want to read it out loud. An introduction, you lead with your most famous thing. Then the second paragraph is before starting her own consulting business, Mimi, da, da, da. So then you do it like your past because the audience is now asking, oh, what'd she do before? Okay, then the next, the next thing the audience is asking, where'd she get her ed- education or credentials? Then you say, Mimi got her master's degree, if it's, if it's credible. And then they say, oh, what else does Mimi do? And then you write if you've served on boards or whatever or gotten an award. And then the end is the most important thing, because after Mimi speaks today, you can contact her at da 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 da, or we'll put her information in the chat, you know, whatever the venue is. But then they can, you know, they do your first call to action. And then you always have to say, when Mimi speaks, people laugh, listen, laugh and learn or something like that. But that's mine. But I write that for each person. We write their introduction. Now, please help me welcome Mimi Donaldson. And then it gets applause from the listener. So you have to add that. A lot of people leave that out. And they just expect people to get to the stage and the audience feels so awkward. They don't know what to do. I tell you, you have to tell the audience what to do every moment. And so please help me welcome to the stage or whatever to Zoom, Mimi Donaldson. That cues them to clap. And at the end of your book speech, you will say thank you at the end. So they'll know now it's time to clap. Yeah, that's very good. I mean, seriously, these little things, audiences get confused and then they don't like you because they feel dumb. Yeah. Don't make your audience feel dumb. Educate them every step of the way so they feel smart. Remember, education is drawing out. You want to draw out the best of the audience so they say, oh, we need to work with you. That's fabulous. So Mimi, how do people learn more about you and how should they contact you? Yes. And, and what is it you offer? Because you offer so much. So what are some of the programs you do? Well, this, this is the call to action part and I love it because 
I offer a 30 minute free call, which is really fun for me because I get to research you before and I look at your website, I do all this stuff to like, if you want a marketing speech or TEDx, depending on what you want. I do a lot of research because it's fun for me that I'm a nerd with research. And then I get on the phone with you for half hour, you get value, but we talk about if we're a match to work together. And sometimes we're not, but sometimes we are. And so 30 minute free call and you just email me at Mimi at MimiDonaldson.com. Real easy. My website is MimiDonaldson.com. You can get there at the free call through there. You can schedule it. And then I'll send you my Calendly link and we'll have a great talk. <laughs> That's fabulous. Well, we want to thank you, Mimi, um, Donaldson, TEDx Talk Preparation Expert. And we're so happy you told us and our listeners how to get a hold of you. So thank you for that. Right, right. You forgot TED Talk expert and C-suite member. <laughs> My favorite group on earth. These you guys are, you run a great meeting. Yay. We want to thank our sponsors, Google, Paul Hastings, City National Bank, Manette Law Firm, Interpublic Group, and Amplified Professional Services, which is an executive search and IT consulting firm. So thank you for listening. And Diane, why don't you wrap it up? Right, right. Come join C-Suite at www.csuite.org. For more podcasts from us, hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you find your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a good review. We really appreciate that. Follow us on all sorts of social media. We're all over LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. And we love hearing from you. Send us an email. Beth, I'm giving them your email address, which is beth at c-suite.c s-w-e-e-t dot org and do check out our website and come out to some of our events be active <laughs> thank you for listening thank you Mimi thank you Beth and we are complete thank you.